0: André Selia from Treasury One. My goodness, this has been a time for the rest of us to tap into your wisdom, André, with what's going on in Eastern Europe and the RAND and how it affects our pockets. Maybe let's just start from the very beginning. This, this invasion by Russia into Ukraine has now been going on for 12 days. If you track back the impact on the South African RAND, it was looking very strong ahead of this. And now, of course, it, it has almost predictably been impacted.
1: Yes, uh, certainly. When I spoke to Justin two weeks ago uh, on the Monday, I mean, we knew about the possibility of of a Ukraine-Russian war. But at that stage, everybody was hoping that, you know, there would be still dialogue and it would not happen. It did happen. If we look at the value of the Rand at that stage, it was trading around the 1515 level. Uh, but at the same time, against the euro, it was trading around the 1715, 1715 level as well. Now, since then, uh, at that stage, uh, one needs to mention what happened to, to the dollar because the euro against the dollar was trading at levels of 1.13. It now trades at 1.0840, which is a 4% weaker euro. At the same time, the RAND had actually strengthened against the euro by some 2.6% uh, and only weakened against the dollar by about one5 1.6%. So the RAND has done exceptionally well over this period in the sense that it gained against some currencies, weakened against others. Uh, if you look at what happened to the ruble, for instance, You know, the devaluation or the weakening of the ruble against the dollar uh, is in the order of uh, 80% over this last 12 days. So, massive moves uh, in the currency space, but also massive moves in the uh, commodity space. Gold, as we speak, uh, just before I came in for this. Discussion was just briefly over the $2,000 an ounce again. It was there this morning, came down slightly, but it's there again. Uh, palladium and platinum uh, shooting out the lights. If you look at the palladium price since December to now, then you're speaking, and, and, and one should really sit down and hold onto your chairs on these figures, because it's trading around 70 to 75% higher. That's the jump in in, in, in that space. Uh, if you look at the price of coal, coal was briefly over 400. It might be even above that again today, uh, but over $400 uh, a ton last week uh, from levels of 220, 230. So immense. And this is all because of the energy crisis. You look at the oil price, a 40% move in the last two weeks or so. You know, we can now discuss what's the impact of these things but that's the kind of moves that we've seen
0: it's extraordinary when you put it into that kind of context i was at the uh, in the lockup for the budget what's it a week ago just over a week ago and there the south african treasury were getting um, somewhat concerned about being able to repeat in the next year in the next fiscal year the Bonus that had been achieved through higher commodity prices. But from what you've unpacked for us, bizarrely, this war is doing South Africa's export earnings a, a heck of a lot of good.
1: It does the export earnings a heck of a lot of good. The One of the problems that we might incur is, can you actually get the physical exports out and deliver it to the other side? That is something that is still to be seen, because if this war continues, uh, it might have an impact on how do you get goods from point A to point B. Uh, And and, and certainly if this continues, then the commodity boom that we're seeing might continue because the demand will be there. Um, But as I say, the logistics might not be there, but certainly some benefit to the fiscus again on that front uh, going forward. I must honestly honestly say that at this point in time I'd rather not see the fiscus benefit uh, from from a windfall like that uh, and rather see a wall that dissipates and actually unwinds and we get back to a more peaceful situation because this is certainly not good for world economies uh, and and Europe especially uh, if if this continues
0: you made the point a moment ago that The South African rand has strengthened against the euro, but not weakened too much against the US dollar. But just maybe starting with the US dollar and the euro as a beginning point, why would it be that the dollar would have strengthened so aggressively against the euro, beyond the obvious that this is happening in Europe?
1: I think at the end of the day, this is happening in Europe, and that's exactly why the euro uh, is doing so badly, and also the pound is doing badly. It's a Europe, mostly a European war. Um, and if this escalates and continues, it, it will be fought out in Europe, and their economies will be impacted much more than anywhere else. Apart from that, if you also look at the exposure of Europe to Russia, uh, then the whole sanction thing will impact dramatically more on Europe than on the rest. Uh, Just for instance, if you look at debt of Russian banks uh, to European banks, uh, the bulk of the debt lies into the uh, European banks. And that's why Europe is so badly suffering, or the euro is so badly suffering under this whole situation.
0: And the sterling, pound sterling, you said that's also weakened. Why would the British... Uh, currency, given that they about as far as away as you could get if you happen to be in Europe from what's going on in Ukraine, why would they also be under pressure? Well,
1: I think they're very closely. Uh, they're still very close to Europe, uh, and even though there is and was a Brexit, uh, you know, those two, the European economy and the UK economy, is still very, very closely interlinked, uh, and and the bulk of trade between the UK. Uh, still takes place with Europe. So that's why that would also impact so badly on the British pound.
0: And the South African rand being relatively strong, is that more a question of benefiting from the commodities or just being far away from all the craziness?
1: I think it helps that we're a little bit further away, firstly. But uh, most certainly at this point in time, the biggest benefit comes from... The commodity boom uh, that we're seeing because of this and the massive increase in in commodity prices. Uh, I think what's being left a little bit on the back foot is the uh, negative impact that the dramatic increase of the oil price will also have on our trade balance because we are uh, oil remains one of our biggest imports uh, and hence the actual flow of money in terms of what you need to pay for oil will also increase massively. Uh, so, you know, the commodity boom and the oil price, uh, both impacting on the trade balance, the one positive, the other one negative, uh, but certainly the outweighing of the commodity boom on that front, uh, assisting the end.
0: So how do you see this all Playing out. Maybe you can give us a a, a short term and a long term perspective on this. In other words, if it if the war continues for another twenty four or another twelve days, and and then uh, then it stops, or or at least there's there's not the kind of um, television um, uh, visuals that we're seeing, or if the Ukrainian People give a, continue to to uh, to show such such great defence and and it continues grinding away almost indefinitely. What are those two scenarios looking like for you?
1: If it continues for the next ten to twelve days, I think the impact will will be minimised uh, in the sense that uh, commodity prices and all these things will return to lower levels and and more acceptable levels, and the oil price will retreat to lower levels. Uh, and a crisis will be averted. If it continues longer, and it goes on for weeks and months, uh, I think uh, it, it, it's a very, very negative picture for the world and in terms of what happens to world growth. Uh, I think it will be an extremely negative picture in terms of what happens to inflation rates throughout the world, also in South Africa, and the impact of what that can be, have on interest rates. Uh, and and the value of currencies, but moreover, the massive increase that one can expect then uh, and shortages that could start coming in, in terms of certain foods, uh, the shortages of uh, energy, you know, oil could go even further, that could go much higher then, Uh, fuel prices could go much higher, that will lead to massive inflation on food, Uh, but you might actually physically see shortages, Uh, you will see an impact on our export side. Um, We are a great exporter of fruit, a big exporter of fruit to Russia. Um, From what I've read, some 12% of our Apple exports is is, is going to Russia. You know, so industries throughout the world, companies throughout the world will be impacted by sanctions uh, and companies around the globe will start suffering. And as I say, shortages will come in uh, leading to impacts on uh, both price and, and and inflation, and ultimately interest rates, uh, and that obviously to world growth. So, a longer duration, a longer duration of this world of this war would have very very negative impacts, uh, and and spells doom and gloom for consumers around the globe, uh, especially in Europe. And then I'm not even touching on what happens if the war escalates uh, to a bigger and wider war uh, that might span outside the borders of Russia and the the Ukraine.
0: It's a a very sobering picture that you've painted for us, Andre. but how are you advising Treasury One's clients who are exporting on the one hand and importing on the other?
1: Well, my advice has always been, and it will always be, uh, to not follow an approach of trying to get the maximum rate or the minimum rate or whatever, the, you know, either being exporters or importers, but to manage your risk. Uh, what makes it extremely difficult now, uh, especially is if you're exposed to markets in Russia with imports and exports, is that your volumes uh, change substantially, uh, which could influence the amount of risk that you. Uh, are exposed to in terms of certain currencies, and you'll have to find new markets. And those new new markets might not be pay might not pay you in dollars; they might pay you in other currencies. So the composition of your uh, total exposure uh, looks f- f- massively differently, or potentially differently, uh, and also smaller. Uh, but from a solid, proper risk management point of view, is look at hedges that bodes well for you and that gives you certain scope and maneuverability in terms of levels Uh, and be cautious of just trying to take advantage of a high exchange rate and then leading into a situation where you actually accept more risk than you really want on your books. So every individual company uh, needs to look at their own situation and discuss their own situation uh, with either us or their advisors uh, because there's not a one fit for all in this whole scenario. Uh, Every company would be differently exposed uh, and one would have to analyze that risk and make sure that you steer through these volatile periods, try and get rid of some of the volatility but be able to steer through these volatile times uh, without affecting your bottom line too much.